Hi there, and welcome to Grief is My Superpower. I'm Mark Lemon, award-winning children's author, bereavement ambassador, and your host for this podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing incredible people that get open and honest about their own experience with grief. When I was 12 years old, my dad was murdered, and my life changed forever. I try to explore with my guests if it's possible to live a happy and fulfilled life after the death of a loved one. You can find me as The Dad Author on Instagram and at the Lemon Drop Books website. For this episode, I've travelled to London to speak with reality TV star and fitness instructor, Gabby Allen. Gabby speaks to me about the death of her dad and how it shaped her outlook on life. You can find Gabby on Instagram, Twitter and at the Fit website. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment wherever you are listening to this podcast. By doing this, it will help us to reach more people in need of support at a tough time. This podcast is in support of children's bereavement charity, Winston's Wish. Okay, so today for this episode, I am in North London in Islington. I'm actually sat on a park bench with a lovely lady (laughs) called Gabby Allen. Hello. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? So for anyone listening, sorry if you can hear any vans or cars going past, but we are doing this in the sunshine and it'd be rude not to be out. It would. And also you came all the way from Bristol, so (laughs) fair play that we're literally sat in the beautiful sunshine in London. Okay. So for the listeners, are you able to tell everyone a little bit about yourself and who you are? Yes. So I think mostly I'm known for being on Love Island. I mean, I say mostly, it's literally going to be on my grave, Gabby from Love Island, Um, because that's how I got my platform. Um, I was on Love Island in 2017, and I was in it for pretty much the whole duration, which did me very well. Before that, I did fitness, and I wanted to continue doing that afterwards because I actually have knowledge and qualifications in it. And then, yeah, so I went forward with that, and then the year after, I did Celebrity Big Brother. And then, yeah, and now I'm still doing the fitness stuff. So you've been pretty busy lately though, haven't you? Because yes. we were just talking about it and you know, you're travelling around, you're doing the fitness yeah. all the time. I always see you on social media doing it, which must keep you very, very busy. Yes. So I think like the main the main thing that keeps me busy is obviously um, I work with Fit a lot, which is the app that I'm always promoting is because it's not every day that you get to work with a brand that you're actually like passionate about. So that is like one of my main focuses career-wise. But then also due to... Um, having a social media following or something you get to go on like all these crazy trips where people because they think oh she's got a lot of following so people will actually see what she's what she's doing which is great so i'm just like please please give me more More traveling yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh okay so yeah that's kind of you know that that is you and what you're up to which is great um obviously the rationale around this podcast is to give adults and young people hope through grief Mm -hmm. um are you able to tell the listeners about your own experience with grief, please? Yes. Okay. So, my when I was... So, I'm 27 now. And when I was 21, no, 20, my dad was diagnosed with brain cancer. So, I can't even say it properly, you know. It's called glioblastum multiforme or something like that. Sounds a bit more exotic if you say multiforme. Um, oh. And, yeah, so that was in the March before my birthday, which is the February. And... Um, 
he was given not great a great prognosis, but um, pretty much he was dead within ten months. Um, he went through two rounds of trying to minimise the tumour. Um, and to be honest with you, I wish he'd never done the second round because we kind of lost him. He wasn't my dad anymore. And I think that is like the main, that was the main di- difficult thing with us because when it's when it's your brain, it changes the person that you are as well. Like we always wished it was something else, um, you know, like your arm or something. So it's not affecting the way you think. Um, but yeah, my dad passed away um, just after... New Year, I think it was. Oh, it was January the 18th. And I can't believe I just like questioned that. Yeah, January the 18th. And um, it was weird because I don't think I actually started grieving until like a few years later. Yeah. Like, properly. Mm. Um, because I had, a, I had a boyfriend at the time that I've very much relied on, even though he was a arse. <laughs> don't know what I'm allowed to say on this podcast. Um, so, yeah. So I think once me and him broke up, that's when it all hit me all at once. Um and yeah, I think it's. I think it's ever stopped, really. No, the grief never stops, does no, it? it? Doesn't. Just goes in waves, yeah. comes back again. Yeah, as we've talked about many times on this podcast already. Um, and so, a question that I've asked my previous guests: When you found out about the cancer, mm-hmm. did you find that you grieved through that period and also after it gone? Um, I think when you find out something like that, like you, right? I might be very wrong in saying this, but one of my Dad, one of my friends lost her dad suddenly and sometimes I wondered or wished whether that would have been easier because it, it's just done all in one go and you know like you can deal with the shock and grief of it on the spot but whereas when you I felt like when we were told that he had brain cancer we didn't believe it we're like nah it's not, it's not that surely it's not that so then it took quite a while for us to for it to settle in and then even when he was having the operations and stuff, because there'd be a short period of time after the op where the mass had been released, where he'd be like almost back to normal for a bit. So yeah, I think during him being sick, it almost didn't feel real. It was only when I remember like hit the funeral, like around the f- just before the funeral when he was in hospice. That's when I was like, this is so weird, like because my dad's here, but he's not actually here. So that's when I started like really, that's only when I started realising it basically. Yeah, it's quite hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so you're never yeah. going to speak to that person ever again. That's that's the big thing, isn't yeah. it? Just the fact that you're not going to see them again. Yeah. You know, I remember that so clearly. Is the feeling of you're not going to see them again. You know, yeah. especially a dad, someone who's your role model, your yeah. your idol. And like, because my dad, me and my dad were really close, so he'd like call me all like every day. So that I think, I oh my god, I had a terrible time because I had um, some voicemails off him on my phone. And then I lost my phone, so I lost all the voicemails as well, so I was devastated. But um, my dad was always a bit of a fighter, and he would—he never really fully accepted it. But then it was only when, after he'd had the second round of um, mass removal, that um, I remember him coming out of the hospital and him saying, "Like I'm ready, I'm going home now to die." And he like it was like a complete change in him. Did he say that himself? He yeah. said that, yeah. Um, so hearing that come from him, I was like, "Okay, now you know the end is nigh." Yeah. Uh, it's, that's quite a hard thing to hear as well, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because it makes it sound quite final. Yeah. Um, in terms of you and your outlook on life, do you think it's changed you as a person over the last few years since your dad died? Yeah, I think um, I went back to... Dra- I was at drama school in my third year, um, like my final year at the time. And I went back quite soon after 
And I remember, like, my classmates were like, are you okay, are you okay? But it was like, it gave me more of a drive almost because my dad would be like, what are you sitting around moping for? He was like, get, get up and go back to, like, college, you know what I mean? And he was my biggest fan. It was like, <laughs> even, even now, every now and again, I go back on his Facebook and just look at his recent posts. And it'll be like, um, oh, this, th- my precious girl's going to be a superstar and all this. It's so cringe. But now I'm like, ah, oh, you know, like he really believed in me. So I think it's given me more of a push to really like do him proud and do my mum proud. And same for my brother as well. Like my brother's three years younger than me and he's in investment banking now. And he was going through his A-levels. He was only uh, nearly 18 when, when he passed away. And the fact that my brother's done so well is just like, you know, he'd be going, go on, lad. He'd be so proud of him. That's, I mean, you saying about the drive thing, that's what a lot of people I've found who've lost somebody, that there is that kind of inner drive to want to do something for them, isn't mm. it? You know, because like, I'm completely the same and I spoke to a uh, really inspirational guy called Dan Price who set up his own business and and he said the same thing. It's like it's given him an impetus to go and do something, not just for his dad, but for his mum. Have you sought out any counselling or anything or you've gone through the process and you've talked to your friends and that's been enough maybe yeah no I haven't Um, but then sometimes so my best mate lives in Canada and everyone in Canada gets therapy so she's like started with a therapist now and I'm like oh my god I'm jealous maybe I should do that so sometimes I think like the longer it goes on the more I'm like oh maybe I should do that to like see if there's other like there's other so for example in like apparently it can affect it can affect like relationships too so if you're like if you've lost someone then you could mean that you're extra needy for like affection and attention mm. so i'm like i'm blaming blaming my relationship deal, like issues on that but <laughs> a lot of people say that you know your grief can go through your life and it can come in at different stages as well so if you you are suffering through a relationship or you've you know and you are feeling like that it probably does come from that doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I like my relationship's great. It's just that sometimes I feel like I'm being really needy, and it's probably just because of something else. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so in terms of we're talking about grief through this podcast, obviously, and the whole sort of taboo in the UK seems to be quite a, a big thing. People still seem to struggle with being able to talk about grief and death. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's getting a lot better. Do you think there's anything that people could maybe do or, or um, to get better at it? I feel like. A lot of people don't know how to address the situation. You know, like say if someone goes, so what do your mum and dad do? And then you're like, oh, my mum, she's an interior designer and my dad passed away six years ago. And people are like, oh, I'm sorry. And they quickly move on. And you're like, I don't mind talking about it. Like, I wouldn't be doing this today if I minded talking about it. You know Mm. what I mean? Like, I think people are so worried about you getting upset because some people don't know how to deal with that, that they shy away from shy away from it but i feel like it will help people with their grief if you actually ask about it yeah. obviously you don't want everyone crying but you know what i mean <laughs> I th- that that's the thing i mean I've, I've said it so many times myself is that you, you know, that person who's lost their loved one has already felt the lowest they can ever feel and so to talk about you know they mm. want to talk about them they want to continue their memory by remembering them and talking about you know your dad and my dad and I think the other thing, how did you find Father's Day? This, you know, does, is that kind of those sort of events throughout the year, like birthdays yeah. and Father's Day? You know, I think the hardest thing for me losing my dad is that, like, um, 
and losing them young is that when you're as you're growing older there's so many milestones that you want them to witness and I think that's like the hardest thing like you know my dad won't get to see me get married he won't he didn't see me do like the love island thing or anything like that or like my fitness career taking off he won't get to see my brother do any of his stuff mm. um but also the, um it's the fact that my mum it just is still really grieving over it as well which is so hard to watch like because right put it this way before i did love island i really struggled getting a boyfriend <laughs> not like struggle just as in like it's hard to meet someone that you actually like want to be with forever and stuff like that and then like now my mum's single at 50 and i'm just like will she ever find someone again because obviously when you've like lost the love of your life like who's ever going to replace that like that person I mean, it does happen because i've seen friends families go through that mm. but i just worry so much about like my mum's happiness because of it so when father's day and stuff like that comes around obviously we lost my granddad a month after my dad who's who is my mum's mum so it's just it was like a domino effect it just went loss after loss after loss um so it it pains me even more to see that my mum's like still really suffering from it as well yeah that's that is the hard thing isn't it you know watching and i was talking to someone the other day actually i think it was my wife that's someone <laughs> sorry Simone. um about my mum and how she went through all this you know this trauma and she still came out the other side and she's still the woman that she is today and the strength that she must have and mm. it goes the same with your yeah. mum um sometimes you forget about that in a way or i do and she's never really met anyone to sort of stay with for a long time mm. you know and so yeah you kind of part of you is a bit like oh you know it scares it proper scares me because like i just don't want us to like grow old alone and my dad would have hated that because he was like he was always th he was just like so in love with her you know what i mean yeah so that's like really difficult to see but um, also, so this year I was actually on holiday for Father's Day and didn't, it was weird because we were going out for um, my boyfriend's friend's da dad because no, none of our dads were there. So we were going out for his and I didn't, it didn't register. And then I was like, oh my God, it's Father's Day. I was like, yeah, we're going out for Father's Day for someone else. But I didn't realise like it was, do you know what I mean? It just didn't register. Do you forget sometimes that it is Father's Day or do you find that, I think I don't know I don't know what happened but I literally just broke down straight away and I think it's because I felt guilty because I hadn't recognized that yeah we we're going out for Father's Day for someone else but I hadn't acknowledged my dad it was a horrible feeling I literally sat in the bathroom for ages you felt bad about it yeah mm. because I was like that is like so but I mean I forget everything I forget birthdays so <laughs> it's it's bad I'm pretty much the same to yeah be unless I've got Facebook giving me notifications then I forget well that's the other thing isn't it you, you see emails coming up you see you know you walk into a shop and it's Father's Day you walk mm. into Tesco Sainsbury's and it's you know Father's Day yeah and you know my, my, my wife's actually really good at sort of saying look how are you this year mm. and I cause like you said I forget myself and so this year I said look I'm just going to actually do nothing tomorrow I'm not going to do anything I'm going to chill out and she was like that's fine just chill out just don't think about it or try not to because I think subconsciously it's there anyway mm. in the back of your head like you said you didn't realise and then all of a sudden it hit you mm. and I think that's for a lot of people it's yeah. probably the case and also I'm quite good at doing that like not thinking about it yeah. but then there'll be days that like I can't not think about it and then I'll just be in like the worst mood ever and it's almost like I've ignored it for 
months and then one day it's, I can't ignore it anymore. And my boyfriend's like, why are you in such a terrible mood? And I'm like, oh my God, it's because of this. And he's like, okay. <laughs> this is obviously for a children's bereavement charity called Winston's Wish. And, uh, you know, we hope that a lot of the younger listeners are going to be listening. Mm-hmm. Um, have you got any messages for anyone that might be suffering with loss at the moment? You know, whether there has been sort of techniques that you might have found useful for yourself. And I always say that I find writing or just being creative is great for mm. me. But I'd imagine that your fitness and just being active is mm. quite good good for mental health in Definitely. general, isn't it? Um, I find that when you're feeling like rubbish and you don't want to do anything and you couldn't think of anything worse than going for a run because you just hate your life today yeah it's the like it's that battle between knowing that you feel like feeling like that but knowing that once you've exercised you're going to feel so much better so you just have to push through that like negative energy at the beginning of it because it's true as soon as i've worked out i'm like why did why did i waste 45 minutes sitting on the couch going i don't want to do it don't want to do it and then you do it and you feel so much better um so yeah definitely exercise definitely helps do you get lots of feedback from people saying i was feeling rubbish earlier yeah but I've just done your yeah your hit. I feel much better now, you know. All the time, people are literally like. So obviously, with my book, we um, it's like there's loads of food in there and stuff too. But I talk about the benefits of exercise and mental health and stuff bef- like before we even get into the food or the four week plan. Um, and that is the main thing that people have like commented on. They're just like, this is like the realistic approach. Like you should be. Um, working out mean like you know for mental health i think like even if it even if you think that you're like don't need to work out because you're like naturally slim or whatever like that i'm like lucky you but um yeah it's just it, it is it help it does help so much and like i say my mum started doing yoga as well which really really helped her she's just like um she feels like well not spiritual or anything like that but she's literally she feels like she there's there's something in doing yoga that she doesn't get out of and other things there's like a release of it or something like that i've heard so much good things about yoga i've never a person well i've done it once actually tell a lie uh, but that was <laughs> i think that was the one where i had to kind of like stretch back and i nearly walked home like john wayne but um but my wife speaks really highly of it um but i just think yeah like you said everything about being healthy and yeah, active just true. makes you you feel good yeah. um Another thing which I would love to get out of you is okay. if you could remember three things about your dad that make you smile. If you're having a really bad day, what do you think they um, might be? Oh, there's so many. I don't, um, my dad was the biggest wind-up merchant in the world. Like He would literally... Every single person that he'd met, like I'd, I'd almost dread them meeting him because, like, if I ever brought a boyfriend home or anything like that, it would be, I'd be like, right, okay, I'm just gonna warn you, my dad is a nightmare, and he'd just rip them as soon as they came in the door, like just. But now I look back at it and I find it hilarious. But obviously during the time, I'd be like, Dad, shut up, you know, like you're so embarrassing. <laughs> so that would be one thing that was like definitely made him different to other people and like it was just this like you couldn't take him anywhere like uh, like on holiday and stuff like that he just he'd because he was so clever he'd make these comments like to the waiters or things like that like dead short snappy comments and they wouldn't understand it really not due to like being from a different country or anything just because he'd like say something that in his head made sense like and it was really quick-witted but then we'd all be sat there like oh shut up dad 
don't like can you can you stop doing that? Not again, Dad. Yeah, you're so annoying. <laughs> um and then what else did I say? I love the fact that he was always so like active. So my dad used to teach rugby. Teach rugby, is that how you say? Train? Train, rugby? teach. Train. Yeah. So yeah, both my whole family's like really into rugby. And he used to play quite of a high standard, I think. Um and then he some fat man landed on his knee and he broke his knee and couldn't play anymore so then he started training it um, other people and anyway um i loved like the drive he'd have for it and he'd like my brother would always be like he'd be his biggest fan as well as my biggest fan and like dancing and stuff and he was just so i loved his passion for it it was like so inspiring and you know every sunday he'd be like should we go on a bike ride like should we do something like you know do something fun as a family which i loved um, sounded I, quite larger than life sort yeah, of character I can't wait to like have my own family so I can like kind of instill that in them as well um, and then what else would I say he was so like loving like as I said earlier he would like call me all the time just to tell me that he loved me and he'd um, he used to call me Petal which I loved um, yeah so he'd like you okay Petal or like even as I said earlier as well on Facebook I'd get messages from him, like, you didn't realise that, like, writing on someone's wall was, like, everyone could see it. He'd, like, write on my wall going, tried to call you before, Petal. What's the point in having a phone if you don't answer it? <laughs> Stuff like that. Sounds like my mum. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so he was always, he was very hands-on, like, very interested. Oh, he sounds like an amazing character. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing that me and my mum tried to do with my brother. Like, I have no idea what investment banking is. Like, couldn't tell you about anything to do with economics or anything like that, which he studied. But we'd have to, like, try and converse with him about it because my dad would know everything to say so then my brother's like I can't even talk to you about it because you don't know what you're talking about but you've got to try because he would have been so interested <laughs> just yeah. picturing you trying to speak investment banking know, to like, him now oh, algebra <laughs> yeah something <laughs> like that um, okay so leads me on to uh, the lovely children at Winston's Wish um, have given us four questions that they would like me to ask you. Okay. Um, the first one is, how do you make yourself feel happy when you are feeling sad? That's that's a good question. Um, I am if a big believer in you get to choose your thoughts. So if you wake up like and say say to yourself, "I'm going to have a good day today." It's all like, I don't know whether anyone's ever heard of The Secret, and some people don't agree with it, and some people do. I think, like, if you train yourself into thinking, waking up and going, I'm going to have a good day today, I'm going to be productive, I'm going to do this, or even saying, so me and my mates do this kind of joke where we go, remember that time that you had, like, a really good day, and you, like, trick yourself into thinking that you've already had it, or, you know, remember that time that you won a million pounds. So, like, you've already got it. Um, and it is this it's the secret way of thinking so I think that is one way of doing it and then also if you do feel like crap and you can't you can't beat it cry put some sad songs on scream into a pillow punch your bed and then look at yourself in the mirror and be like okay get on with it now and that is it that's an important message isn't it for children because I think a lot of children probably think that maybe they can't cry or they can't feel sad you can but sometimes you've got to cry you've got to get it out haven't you if you're feeling sad um Okay, the next one is, what piece of music reminds you of your dad? <gasps> There's so many. So my dad used to sit in the office and he'd have this habit on a Saturday morning, obviously the day that you're not going to work, um, to school, 
and playing his music so loud. Normally Johnny Cash or, you know, I Walk the Line or um, what else would he play? Brown Eyed Girl. And he'd be like, right, everything of yours that's downstairs, upstairs now. And you'd make you go round really early on Saturday morning whilst he's playing his music. So like old school music like that, I think. Good choices as well. <laughs> okay, next one is, how do you think your grief has shaped you? It kind of maybe relates to what we spoke about earlier, but do you think it shaped you? I just think it makes you definitely, um, you know, make the most of every opportunity, I think. You know, really go for gold. And, like, life is can be so short. Not for everyone, but it can be. And I think if you've... I mean, just you've got to be happy, don't you? Like, and I think it has made us also like made me warm sometimes when people moaning by about inadequate things. We'll be like, oh, like what? I don't understand why they're like you know upset about that. But then you have to. Then we always have to remind ourselves that a lot of people haven't been through the grief that you have. So it's quite easy to be resentful of those people. But you have to have. I think I'm also very patient too, which is good. But you learn that over time because at, at the beginning you hate everyone. <laughs> but it is an ongoing process. It is an ongoing process, isn't mm-hmm. it? And like you said, that's a really good way of looking at it because there are some people that don't know how you feel yet. Mm-hmm. Those that are in the club obviously do. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's a good that's a good message. Um, and the last one is, what do you do to remember your dad on important days like their birthday, etc.? Um, so... I think social media is such a big thing now, isn't it? Um, which sometimes I kind of like and then sometimes I hate because it's like just because you post a picture doesn't mean that you are thinking about them or anything like that, like all day. It could just be like a passing thing. But I feel like it's my it's my way of expressing to my friends and family that did know him, that, you know, like to remind them almost, um, you know, that that's the day um but i think also me we've got a family chat and we all just send back like funny messages about him and like pictures things like that i think it's very much on days that that are dedicated to them you should spend it with other people that appreciate them too Mm. and because then you can get like get more out of it because they can remind you of something that you didn't think of and things like that yeah, they probably come up with little memories that yeah. maybe you'd forgotten about yeah, yeah, yeah. or at the back of your mind. Yeah. Which I love. Like my mum, every every now and again, she'll like message me with just a memory that she's like remembered of him. And then normally absolutely ridiculous. Like my dad was, he was just such a lad. Um, and they're just so funny. And I love hearing more and more stories like that. My sister's amazing at always picking out these pictures, which, you know, I, for some reason I... I I never sort of collected them along the way, but she always sends me that she's got a very good memory of things like that. Mm. So I always really love messages like that. I think that's a sad thing, isn't it? Uh, like, I won't won't get any recent pictures of me and him. And I think that's the most annoying thing. Like, when it comes to, like, dedicated days to them, I have to reuse old photos. It's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another important message, isn't it? Because just snap away. Take those pictures yeah. of your loved ones. Now yeah, yeah. they're alive, you know, yeah, the true. special moments. Okay. And... Um, one last thing that I do like to end on is if you had one final conversation with your dad, mm-hmm. what do you think you might say to him? Um, um, I think, you see, I'd like to ask him if he's like proud, you know, of me and Ethan and what he thinks. Because he was always very opinionated and he always wanted me to do academics rather than vocational um, subjects. 
So I'd like to know if he's actually seen that I've done well, done well from making my choices um, and just what he thinks I could do better. Some constructive criticism, which wouldn't be constructive from him. He'd just take the absolute mick out of me. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think I'd ask him like what he what he thinks I should do moving forward. I'm sure he's beaming with pride up there. Thanks. Looking so. down on you. I'm <laughs> sure he is. So, look, this has been an amazing chat. Um, each conversation is individual. Each conversation is personal. And I really appreciate you sharing your story with my listeners. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you very much.